Hi again everyone, Ness Hughes here with you for day four of our daily devotionals this week. We're working our way through the book of Esther. We're not going to get to the end, but we're going to crack the climax tomorrow and, um, and wrap up tomorrow. But for today, where we're up to in the story is that we left off yesterday with Haman's approved plan to annihilate the Jews. The king has sealed it, the edict has been distributed, and the date has been set. Total destruction. <clears throat> and as we move on into chapter four, having learned of Haman's plans, Mordecai, like all of the other Jews, is mourning, fasting, weeping, and wailing for this edict that secures the total destruction of the Jewish people. Well, Esther, who's in the palace and unaware of what's going on, makes contact with Mordecai to see what's going on. And we pick up there in our reading today. We're reading from chapter four, starting at verse five. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the total destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence, to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they will be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Well, what a famous passage we've come across today for such a time as this. Now, I've heard this passage used many times to help people consider their purposeful choices in life, kind of like a step up into your purpose encouragement. And I think that is absolutely a worthwhile challenge for us from this passage today. Mordecai is confident that God will intervene with or without Esther's participation. 
And so for her to perform this task of approaching the king, even though her life is on the line, Mordecai is saying, this is, your, um, this is for your good, for the good of your people. Good for you to choose to be part of, goods, of God's good plan. To use her position and her influence for God's purposes. But I do think there's a bigger point here that God is working in and through these events. Keeping in mind that Esther has been queen for some years by this stage, living with, sleeping with, a man that she doesn't necessarily love. A man that could have killed her with one false step. She's had to deny her Jewish identity and she's been fearful of what might happen if he was to find out. And she's lived like this for years. And yet, the way that the book is written, we are to understand that Esther has been led to her royal position for such a time as this. It's no accident that she is in the favour and um, is able to approach the king. God has provided for his people in their most desperate time of need. We aren't sure how it's going to work out at this stage in the story, but we do start to feel hopeful that God has had a plan all along. So in chapter five, we read that Esther does approach the king. He's pleased that she's approached him and so she's safe and he extends the royal scepter toward her. And he invites Esther to ask for anything, even up to half the kingdom. And it will be given to her should she ask for it. Esther requests a banquet with both the king and Haman present. And we know what's on her mind, don't we? But Haman is elated. Things are going beautifully for him. He's too IC to the king and he's invited personally to attend a banquet with the king and queen, an exclusive audience indeed. So he skips off home. He sees Mordecai, and when Mordecai fails to bow to him again, his rage against him for not bowing is reignited. And I'm going to finish today by reading again um, from the Bible. I'm going to read, pick up from chapter 5, verse 10. And this is important plot development for where we're going to land tomorrow. So let's read from chapter 5, verse 10. Calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honoured him and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all, Haman added, I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave. And she invited me to go along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. His wife Suresh and all his friends said to him, have a pole set up reaching to a height of 50 cubits and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. This suggestion delighted Haman and he had the pole set up. 
Or can't we just see Haman's pride swelling? But don't we know that something is coming? And so we see again these techniques of this narrative to um, build up our expectations, to heighten our anticipation. And indeed, as we come to chapter six tomorrow, we're hitting the turning point of the book. And so I look forward to being with you again tomorrow, keeping in mind as we um, go through the rest of the day, how the plot's developing. And uh, so we can pick up the story again tomorrow. I look forward to being with you then. Bye.